This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to Achten Millwall. Listening to Acton Millwall Emergency Broadcasting Special, a public service broadcast made on behalf of the Real Millwall Fan Show and Acton Millwall, broadcasting from South Bermondsey. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another edition, another disaster season edition. And for disaster seasons, you need old season Millwall fans. And I've brought in my new favourite seasoned Millwall fans, Dave Collins. Welcome back to the show, Dave. Hi, Nick. Disaster Dave here. Always <laughs> so, on hand. <laughs> You've chosen um, a real a real um, a dolly of a season here, mate. Um, do you want to give it an introduction, the, the season concerned? Uh, yeah, I mean, if there was ever probably a season of two halves um, and a disaster season, you're never going to go straight far from the 95-96 half-unical <laughs> disaster. It is. It's up there with the best of them. It is. I mean, it's funny doing the research for this um, season. I mean, obviously, you know, you live it at a time and then football being the ever-turning wheel it is, you move on and you forget so much. But this was like watching, it's like watching Titanic, the movie. You know, you know that there's going to be an iceberg coming and you know that the ship's going to sink and they're all going to, half of them are going to die. Yet somehow you, there's, there's a fascination, a morbid fascination in watching it over and over again. Um, and there's so much, so much in this season. So many little tangents. Season's got everything, Nick. It's got poor transfers in, poor transfers out. It's got shocking results. It's got um, a couple of Russians that I'm sure we'll talk about as well. And behind all of that, I think the club really was falling apart behind the scenes. And although the fans at the time probably realised that things weren't great and there was a lot of angst against McCarthy, I was probably one of the people who were, you know, I was in the... McCarthy out camp, I wouldn't make any bones about that. But I don't think until afterwards did we realise the state that the actual club was really in, really. No, and I mean, we just to because this, this no season exists in its own in its own um, alone, and to bring it to, for anyone who's not aware of the sequence of the early 90s, I mean, we'd moved to the new den in 1993 94, um, and although that was a 
um, for me, one of the proudest moments when I walked into the new stadium, the, the, the construction costs and the financial impact, and then, of course, the fallout of the, of the Derby playoff um, situation in, in that, uh, the end of that season, meant that the club was carrying some 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 um, some some financial issues i think that's that's the that's the note i've made to myself is the financial issues underpin this season so although we were carrying a, a we're carrying a debt dave weren't we going into 95 96 but god almighty did we add to it did we not dig our own we were in a hole and we carried on digging didn't we this this year yeah, we certainly did we certainly did um i i think that really what happened was that this was the last season for me where we still thought, rightly or wrongly, and I think the club thought, I don't think the supporters thought it, that we was a premiership club in the wait, in, in waiting. And yeah, I agree. After yeah. this season, that disappeared. And this was the last year where we'd been in the new ground, we thought we had the ground, we had the players, we had the manager. And again, that's the club we rather than the supporters we. And I think, you know, this was the end of that fairy tale, really. I agree. I mean, we, you know, the early nineties, we were we were sponsored by Captain Morgan, a well-known brand. We'd built a new stadium, which had ambitions, laughably now as you look back at it, to be a a venue that would, you know, like like a like an O2 dome type venue where you'd have gigs and and sports events over and above Millwall. None of that came to pass, um, and I think you're right. This it's a good way to look at it. Actually, it's kind of the death of a dream in a way, wasn't it? That the idea that we would be a Premier League side with with expectations to be there, possibly, might be the best way to, to look at it. Well, just um, on that point, <laughs> I be laugh, actually. Did we not go from the Captain Morgan sponsorship in this season to the live TV, the weather in Norwegian, the following one? I believe we did, yes. No, we, no, no we, had, um, we had the South London press that kind of cushioned the impact of going from Captain Morgan that you might drink in Cannes or on, on Teebs or somewhere like that to via the South London press that you might read in Catford down to live TV that came from a, a back studio, I think, in Canary Wolf, wouldn't it? But it was a, it was a, it was a very, it was a, it was a tumble um, on it. And those those three sponsors tell a story themselves, actually. Just a little side issue there. The, uh, I was just in block 44 at this time, and uh, in one of the boxes behind me used to be the girl we used to present the weather in Norwegian. Oh, Anna Marie, Anna Marie Foss, the Norwegian. Foss, yeah, and she was, I think she, she modelled on the, um, the club shop um, catalogue. This is when the club shop still had stuff to sell and, and people wanted to buy and they, 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 they made an effort to, to try and shift, shift goods. I mean, that's all gone out the window now as well. Um, I mean, so many stories in this season. I've, I've compared it with the Titanic because you kind of know where it's going to finish. But this... It, we, Let's start at the beginning. Um, we'd we'd had to sell some talent um, coming into the season for financial reasons. Um, in fact, we'd sold four point nine million pounds worth of player, Dave, over the the summertime, um, and most of that was Andy Roberts yeah. um, and Mark Kennedy had gone at the end of um, at the end of March nineteen, so just on the back end of the previous season. But Kennedy had gone for two point three million, and Andy Roberts two point five million. Plus other names like Mark Beard and Etienne Vervier had gone, and even um, even the legend that is Greg Berry had gone. So you know this, this was this was quite a loss of talent, really, wasn't it? Over the over the course of that summertime, coming into yeah. the season, really. That wouldn't be holy fuck. It's Gregory John Berry, by the way. 
still on the Wikipedia page, by the way. They're still there. I can't believe that. Someone's having a laugh with him. Um, uh, and uh, obviously, Uar Phil Barbar also went as well. He'd gone too. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we, we, we'd, we'd lost a lot of, of players who, of some standing, I think. I mean, this, this is at a point where Andy Roberts would command justifiably a two and a half million pound price tag. Yeah. But we spent, I mean, this is the thing. This, it's, you know, it's one thing to cut your cloth according to your means. And there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of wisdom in that, financial wisdom. But we actually spent a total of 2.3 million going back out. But on, on such players as Maurice Doyle, Bobby Bowery, Uwe Fuchs. £750,000, Dave, on, on Uwe Fuchs. Unbelievable. Ricky Newman, Ricky Newman, 400 grand on Ricky Newman. Um, it, you know, and then Gerard Lavin, half a million pounds. I mean, this was, this was mad. Then leave aside the Russians. Let's not even touch that. Yeah, that's, that's going to come later on in the season. I mean, you know, you've, you've lost players of talent and signed up some of the poniest players, I think, in, 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 our, in our collective mill memories. It's, it was mismanagement and from a board level downwards, in my opinion. Well, to be honest, though, we did get a couple of bargains. We got Mickey Bennett and Anton Rogan for free. Yeah. Let's <laughs> so, uh, look on the bright side. <laughs> or, although we did actually get Lucas Neal as well. But a bit later well, on. Was, yeah. So one chink of light in the one shining light of um, of um, of that. So uh, transfer dealings that leave much to be desired. Some of it, I mean, obviously the selling was driven by the need to 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 reduce the debt that the club had, and still does exist. Um, you know, we've never made a profit, so um, you know, we, certainly we weren't making any kind of uh, profit at this stage where we were losing, and that was to try and contain that. Um, I mean, I suppose the other thing that underpins the whole season, Dave, would be Mick McCarthy's eye increasingly being drawn to the the allure of the Republic of Ireland job o- across the water. I mean. Jack Cholton's um, tenure as Republic of Ireland manager was was looking shaky. I think he was looking at retirement, um, but certainly as as those months of the of this season started, and increasingly McCarthy was um, being spoken of in you know flattering terms for the Irish job, and and, and really some of the runs of form uh, from the from Millwall point of view reflected the when that started to come to pass, really, didn't it? Well, it's interesting. I'm sure we'll go through the season like month by month, but there's a particular point around sort of November through to his departure yeah. where I don't think we may have won one game in 15 or something, you know, and, and the FAI clearly just drew, had this drawn-out process, protracted process of getting him on board and clearly had no, by that stage he had no interest. He, he wanted to go and we really suffered at that point. We went from first in the table, you know, and then we just plummeted really from that point onwards. I mean, that's the thing to say to, to I mean, this is, this is um, what, 25, nearly 25 years ago, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so kids might be around that didn't realise that we were actually top of the table for a large slice of this season. When in first position going into as late as December, um, we were in, 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 in the top position although I don't know about your memory of it it's, it's funny I my memory at the time was although we were top I was deeply unexcited at the time I, I didn't believe that this squad was a it was a promotion winning or championship potential side it just didn't feel it didn't feel real at the time and I didn't believe in it did you did, how did you feel at, at this point when these early months when results were somehow going our way and somehow we're finding ourselves in the top top well top two in the top one yeah, I was 
I'd gone into the previous two or three seasons pretty sort of like annoyed with McCarthy, never really bought into his style of play yet. We had some good seasons, don't get me wrong, and I'm probably sort of living the fantasy that I still thought we was, you know, uh, top, top division team. But, you know, he dismantled um, a, a good squad that was left. Rioch had a lot of issues, but mm. Rioch left him a really good squad. And in the course of two or three years, he dismantled it. Another person that went, which, uh, you know, when we picked up Bobby Bowery at the start of the year, it was part of that money actually was to do with the Chris Armstrong. So Chris we, Armstrong, uh, yeah. yeah. What a player he was at the time. I know Absolutely. From nowhere. And then just uh, jettisoned. You know, Neil Wembley's another player that sort of, I think, uh, McCarthy uh, got rid of. There was quite a few players to come through that, you know, McCarthy got rid of. And to be honest, I didn't go into this season with any optimism at all. I think things were just getting progressively worse season by season. The season before this one, yeah, we did have a good cut run. We had this, he had this ability in McCarthy to raise it occasionally mm. like in, in cut ties. Obviously, we had the nil-nil and then the, the replay um, with uh, with Arsenal. Arsenal and Chelsea, we played. Chelsea. Yeah. But then lost the QPR in the, in the fifth round. That's so, right, yeah. But the season itself, the season before this, was completely uninspiring. We were bottom of the table at the start of the year. Yeah. We got ourselves up to about 12th, and I think we sort of stayed around... Around there, so look on on the face of it, you look at the squad, right? And on paper, before we even saw them play, you would go, oh, "Well, Uwe Fuchs, Chris Malkin, Keller, Thatcher, Ray, Lucas Neal, Van Blurk has got the makings of a good side." But even as we started that season, and we was top, as you say, we was actually top virtually from the start of the year to early uh, December. I never thought that we were promotion candidates. No, no, I never. I mean, it's interesting looking back at the results. You know, um, opening day a win over Grimsby 2-1 at the Den in front of just 8,500, which is a poor crowd, mm. you know, um, given that the stadium officially still held 20,000. It's less than half full. Um, and you're right. I mean, I, there wasn't a side, if I'm going to be honest, as a Millwall side, Keller, Bennett, Thatcher, uh, Doyle, Witter, Stevens, Savage, Ray, Dixon, Kerry Dixon, uh, Chris Malkin, Van Blurk. As a side, that wasn't one that's going to make me cross the road with excitement, but it wasn't a relegation side either. It was not, um, I thought that was a fairly average middle of, middle for diddle kind of, you know, mid-table, either side of mid-table with about par where that, that side and that squad should finish. Um, but we managed to outperform ourselves really in these these, these opening, well, up to August, September, October, really, we seem to scratch results out. Um, and I don't remember us ever really dominating anybody, but apart from the the, the odd League Cup um, win over Everton, the two-legged um, two win over Everton, nil-nil at home, and then a magnificent 4-2 win up at Goodison Park, which I think touches on what you said. He could pull out results when, when you least expected them. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, August, we had a, a pretty decent month, um, we uh, was unbeaten. Um, I remember going to the first away game of the season at uh, Paul Val. Yeah. Very scored quite a good goal, actually. Um, and um, I'd look at it early on. It's one of the, it's, it's not much of um, this season on YouTube, thankfully. But uh, that was not bad. <laughs> it was uh, just uh, reliving that 25 years on. So, yeah, August, we did pretty well. September, 
uh, it was a bit of a mixed month. I think we only won once, and um, you know that was at home to uh, to, to Luton. Um, yeah. Then October, you know, the form got better. But then again, this is the thing, right? We had a great win in the Coca-Cola Cup against Everton, you know, beating 4-2 in extra time. And then in the next sort of round at home to Sheffield Wednesday, we lost. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was inconsistency, wasn't it? And I, I, just looking at that Everton win, I mean, to go to Goodison Park as a, as a second-tier side and score four is... Is, is an achievement in itself. It was, and then you get players like Scott Taylor who scored two up there, and you think, well, this is the start of something. And he disappeared. I think he had only about ten or, or twelve games for the Lions before he he went on. Um, and you know, the team's form would would kind of hint at something, and yet somehow never really kick on. But somehow we've we, we got ourselves into into first place, and I suppose that's not to be sneezed at. You know, I mean, to be top of the table is as good as you're going to get in any in any competition. And we were top through. Um, from November, you know, some decent, decent wins there. Um, and then we seem to hit this awful, awful, awful run of form from November onwards. And this would be really when the the speculation really started with, with the Irish job. I, I, I will forever hold a grudge. And I, I, I never liked Mick McCarthy. I, I, I can't, you know, like when he goes on the sky, this this season for me blights his copybook for blots his copybook forever because this to me showed a lack of professionalism in not taking his job seriously whilst a more attractive role was was being dangled in front of him in Dublin. I agree. I mean, I was never a big fan of McCarthy. I don't like the way he got the job. The way, for instance, he almost started a players' revolt against Rioch. Uh, and then become player manager, got the job that way. Um, don't like the way he left the job. Um, I thought um, his uh, style of play was extremely one-dimensional, quite yeah. boring. If we didn't have, during his reign, if we didn't have Alex Ray banging in 12, 15, I think he actually got 16 goals in this season. I think he was, he was yeah, he's a, he's, he scored high this year, yeah. Yeah, without someone like Ray, who has like the, the glimmer of flair in the team, you know, I think his, his, you know, his team would have been tepid, absolutely tepid. And in, in some respects, you know, there was no, you know, it didn't pass me by and no greater moment than... In 2004, when we uh, beat Sunderland in the semi-final, and I, I just knew we'd I actually look back in hindsight, so wonderful thing. But I can remember at the time being pretty confident about that game because McCarthy was managing Sunderland. You know, <laughs> you're a better man than me on that front. <laughs> I wasn't confident on that, but anyway, um, I know what you mean. I, I, I just. You know, yes, yes, he, he, you know, he may well have been flattered by the international interest. But I mean, when you look at that, it's one, two, three, four, five, five straight losses, um, a couple of av- three draws, and then more losses. And this, to me, just says that he, you know, that the, the team know that he's on his way. He's on his way. He don't care. The, the the leadership has gone from the squad entirely, and we've thrown away a situation where we're top of the table. But and then by Christmas, we're now well mid table. Yeah mid-table and looking downwards rather than upwards. Well, this is this is the thing, right? Start of November, we played Birmingham away. I can remember going to that. First, first, few seconds, we was um, 2-1 up. And then yep. we had a bit of winter time. Yep. And, uh, they got an equaliser in the sort of uh, in the 90th or 88th minute. Yeah. Like that. And then the, he started away at Stoke, 1-0 um, loss. And then effectively loss, 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 draw, 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 loss, 
and we'd gone literally from 1st at the start of November to 11th by January the 1st. Unbelievable. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a failure of management. It's, I mean, I also want to say this because I, I think that it's easy to blame the manager and I think that the game obviously does regard them as a focal point and so they are. They, 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 um, they, they certainly carry the can when the squad fails. But the, the, that team of players there failed us because you look at the names in the... I mean, this, this run of, of poor form, five losses on the spin there, includes Casey Keller. It's got Ben Thatcher, the, the you know, the uh, the, 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 the uh, defender everyone loves, loves to, to, to tout. And, the, you know, you've got, you got the likes of uh, Keith Stevens, Ray's in there. It, it was a collective thing as much as it was McCarthy's thing. That it, yeah. You know, the players take the pitch with an attitude that they may say, well, the manager's on his way, so why should we... Give a shit, but they're still being paid, and they're still they could still have done more. That was leave aside the early season promise. That was still a mid-table side at that point, and to fail and then fail on the grand scale as they would do for the remainder of the season, I, I think comes back as much to the management. It comes back to the board and the chairman, but it also comes back to the squad for me as well because that's a failure on their on their account too. I I agree. I mean, to be honest, there's a I found a really good piece. Uh, on uh, when Saturday comes um, on the on on the football fanzine and yeah. talking about this this particular season, um, and I agree with you. When a player goes on the pitch, you know you want professionalism and all that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but you know we went through this period of time here. You know McCarthy clearly was talking to the FAI. We was uh, in first place, soon to be going downhill rapidly. He's that's clearly unsettled the squad. I would I would imagine, you know, when Saturday comes, says that, you know, all the signings that McCarthy ever signed were put on top dollar wages, right? And just yeah. to prove the point here, in '96 we had 40 players on the playing staff. The total bill was 4.1 million pounds yeah. in 1996. Probably ain't that now. Um, and compare that to 88. So eight years earlier, we had 33 players uh, and only 825,000 pound bill. So even with inflation, you know, you you know that is still not comparable. So we were buying players, having you know easy lives, you know, uh, yeah. lovely grounds. Yep. You know, really probably just, in some respects, not giving a shit, Nick, whether or not they were winning, losing, drawing. People like Stevens and, and probably Ray and a couple of others aside. But the people that we were buying in, we were putting on big, big dollars. And if all that weren't enough, you know, before McCarthy decided to uh, hang it up, he decided to have a chat with Bobby Robson and um, give us the best leaving present he possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to that. I'm, I'm, my, my eyes, I'm, in, in the litany of things, not not to forgive Mick McCarthy. One other thing is a, a two nil home loss to Charlton. I mean, no Millwall fat manager can survive that for long, unfortunately. Six nil yeah. loss at Sunderland. Do you remember that one day? I that do was, remember that. And that um, to me, that that was you know before hindsight blurred my view and um, you know completely. I do remember that game, and that was when you you, you don't know all the issues come to light later on years later mismanagement of the club you know people want big wages so on and so forth but that day you know that again we were still top and yeah. i think that was just looking at the light um 
the all history page. Again, that was another first versus second game. Yep. And to go away and lose 6 0, I can remember thinking, something's up here. Something isn't right. You don't go away first versus second and get top 6 0. No, I mean it's you know it's, it's a failure from the top downwards. I mean we'll we'll come on to the the, the chairman and the, the what I would call the ballroom failure, which comes with the signing of the Russians, because that's probably the summary of of of, of where this club had reached at that point. This this the, the stupidity of those two signings. Um, but I mean that that team there that's got beat at Sunderland, Casey Keller, Gerard Lavin, Ben Thatcher, Doyle, Rogan, Stevens, Savage, Ray. Fuchs, um, Malkin, Van Blurk, and then on the bench, Lee McRobert and, and Taylor and Newman. Well, you've got to look at those players too, in my, in my opinion. I'm making the same point to an extent, but it, this, this comes back to the squad because you can, you can get beat at places like Sunderland, but you're not going to collapse on the grand scale unless there's a real problem within the, the club and the, the lack of spirit, the lack of unity, team unity that was, that was just rampant at that time. You're listening to Achten Millwall. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There we are. Um, so we go into, into Christmas still. I mean, I'd forgotten how long it took for... Mick McCarthy to go. I mean, this this was like an endless um, Willy Wonty kind of um, romance. And I mean, Jack Charlton was actually sacked, I think, at, at uh, on Christmas Eve, and then it became um, game on for for uh, McCarthy to to cross over to the the Dublin job. But it just seemed to drag on and on and in the end, he didn't go until February of '96, when the form by that stage plummeting, weren't we? At that point, loss upon loss upon loss. That's that's it's, that's a really good point, Nick. Because you know, I think you know when people think of this season, they think of McCarthy and Nickel, and probably put a lot more of the blame onto Nickel. I mean, Nickel did have blame, and he yes. certainly yeah. in the seasons to follow turned out to be a shocker, right? But for me, Nickel only managed sixteen games this year. Okay, that's still sixteen games, right? And when he took over. We was 
in ninth place, I think, right? Yep. So we were still top half, but that don't tell the story of where the club was at. We was no. already a bottom five club by that stage. You know, just the, the mentality of the squad that you touched on, couldn't agree more. That You know, that, that there was a disconnect between the squad and the management. What was going on behind the scenes was, you know, obviously rotten to the core as well. Um, and that took quite a few years to probably resolve as well, you know. So I think in some respects, if anyone got given a point, not that he was any good, I'm making that No, 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 no. Not no. a fan of Nickel at all, but was he given a poison chalice? I mean, it's interesting. In my mind, it's, it's, it's interesting doing the research for these seasons. Some listeners will be saying it's not interesting at all, but it is. I find it interesting because in my mind, I associated the Russians with the, the Jimmy Nickel and the, the kind of demise of the club. The two went in hand in hand. Actually, they predated the arrival of Jimmy Nickel, which I hadn't, I'd lost that in my mind. They, they, the, the Russians arrived on the, well, their first game, which was on the 13th of January, 1996. As you rightly say, Dave, signed as a result of a recommendation from <laughs> Sir Bobby Robson. Um, Getting his own back for uh, the riot in uh, 78, no doubt. Um, I mean, the, the, the Russians probably have a show in themselves. Just, but anyway, the, 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 uh, Sergei Uran and um, Vladimir Korkov was his name. Um, nice. And they were playing for Benfica via Spartak Moscow and on the kind of jiggery-pokery of obtaining a Portuguese passport somehow and that enabled them to play in the EU that meant they could play for us and we we strolled along under recommendation from, from Sir Bobby um, and signed them up causing great excitement at the time Dave I mean I I, I actually I didn't have a season ticket at this point so, and I, I went down to get a ticket on the day and couldn't get in the, the place was 14,000 14,200 but it was, it was technically a sellout on the day um so I thought, oh God, you know, I'm going to miss the, one of the greatest moments in Mill history when our two World Cup playing Russians come out and rip the place apart. And lo and behold, I think the only thing they've been ripping apart was the bag off the off the vodka bottle to, <laughs> from the, oh. from the off license. <laughs> I'm glad I laughed then. This was getting far too serious for a, for a few minutes. Uh, you've, uh, <laughs> I mean, to be honest. You know, it's really hard for anyone under the age of about 35, probably, to understand how big these two signings were. This was big news. <laughs> this, I, I'm not going to actually help with my sort of analogy now, because I'm even going further back in time. But when I was a kid, I can remember Alan Stevenson going to Charlton. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think he was European Footballer of the Year at the time. He was. I think he cost them a fortune as well. <laughs> He went to Charlton, of all places, right, to a ground that was falling apart, you know, because was shit, you know. And so for us to get the, I mean, Uran um, actually, well, both of them played in the Champions League that season, and Uran um, was mad in a match, I think, even, I can't remember if it was home or away against Blackburn, because they was. There was something, yeah, yeah. So we was actually signing two pretty known European stars. It European level like stars. Yeah. <laughs> so and World Cup, but they, they played... A certain age could, would ever quite sort of quantify what on earth we was doing. And in fairness, we didn't know what we was doing at the time. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, this the, the lead into this was that the chairman of the sign was a chap called Peter Mead, who was an advertising, um, quite a successful man in advertising. Um, I think, I think 
if I put myself in Peter Mead's shoes and trying to think what he was was going for his head, because I don't think McCarthy could care less whether we signed these Russians or not. His, his mind was already in international football in Dublin. He was he was out there taking over Big Jack's um, you know legacy. So I don't think McCarthy could had any input. I think this was down to the chairman. Um, and I think he was probably imagining that this would bring an exciting touch of glamour to the season, Dave. One that would put, um, put bums on seats in the den, you know, 14,000. Um, we're signing, as you say, you're right. I mean, European level talent, World Cup, the Russian national stars, you know. Um, this was going to kick us on. This was going to be the spark that took us uh, to the next level. <laughs> Well, again, I mean, you know, and, and this is the thing, right? If people need to sort of equate why we ended up where we ended up. So, as I said, right, we had, we had a wage bill of over four million pounds. And then we decided to bring these two jokers in and actually give them five times the average player wage. Absolutely. Well, according to Wiki, I mean, I don't know how true this is, um, £150,000 each for Uran and, and Vasily Korkov, not Vladimir, Vasily Korkov, each got one hundred and fifty, dollars uh, and then were paid five times the wage of the rest of the squad. I mean, what's that going to do for squad mentality? Um, you're seeing these two blokes that look, they, you know, if they're in a pub side, you say they're carrying a little bit too much timber for the pub team, wouldn't they? I mean, they, they were out of condition. They were... Out of control. Out of control. <laughs> Alcoholics driving around Deptford, pissed out of their heads, getting you nicked. You got done for drink driving. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, again, I mean, look at the squad, obviously, they've still got to be professional, but it must be very, very tough, Dave, if you're seeing two pissheads basically coming into your workplace, being paid five times. Try that out, your place of work. You know, I'm on, I'm on the vodka sitting next to you. Um, five times you're around, I'm, all I'm doing is falling about because I'm out. Of, you know, it's not going to be great for team team cohesion or morale, is it? <laughs> no, I, to be honest, I mean, it's almost like ludicrous. It's beyond ludicrous when you look back now. You know, what on earth was me all doing playing around with European talent like this? But... <laughs> But to bring it back to a bit of seriousness, I mean, you know, you, again, you know, a few minutes ago, you're talking about 6-0. I mean, that was a decent squad that lost 6-0. It summer. was. So how do you bring squad morale back up and make it better? Let's sign two <laughs> pissed up Russians who don't give a fuck. And they're going to cost the earth. <laughs> Power good. Way to, way to go, as they say in the American shows. Way to go. Uh, so there we are. So that takes us to to uh, to, to Port Vale. Two one loss at home. Um, by this stage, the 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 the, the fizz of the Russians went in that moment quicker than the fizz of your gin and tonic in the in the pub. We're now they're down to eleven. Actually, we recovered briefly because we we beat. Um, Grimsby, Dave, I've forgotten this little brief recovery. Went to Grimsby and got a win there and took us back to six in the table. So we're still, we were six in January. We're still not badly placed in the table, you know, yeah. reasonably advanced into the, into the season. Um, but then another run of, well, indifferent form, poor form. Um, I think we're going to get three wins between uh, February, March, April. Three wins for the remainder of the season, actually. Uh, which is, which is again, you know, is it, it's on the squad because I mean, in the end, McCarthy will go. We're still lumbered with the Russians, of course. They're, although they they were dropped quite quickly. <laughs> I think one got injured, <laughs> falling over in the bar, <laughs> something. Like that. 
Yeah, Kulkov uh, got injured, and I think he went home in March. Um, <laughs> you, you, Uran decided to stay. Um, uh, what was uh, one of the things when I was doing a little bit of research, and uh, during that first game that they played, um, one of my uh, least favourite refs was actually a referee in that game. Who was that? Let's have a look. Uriah Rennie. Oh, Rennie. God almighty. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Mr. Yellow Card, didn't he? he yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, to be honest, you know, uh, you know, the Russians, Kulkov, I can't actually remember that much about him. No, so, I don't. I, I can remember Uran, first of all, thinking this bloke is playing in a different universe to the rest of the team. He was doing things that other players probably could only dream of, potentially have not even dreamt of it because it was that good. But then soon that sort of, he must've got exasperated, full fuck this, hit the <laughs> bottle, and then basically didn't really care less, I don't think. No, you, you know? could you could tell that Uran was a very, very, very good player, um, despite being overweight, despite not clearly not being committed. He had vision, uh, he had a powerful shot on him and he was playing the ball and uh, I think we've said on previous shows, um, playing into spaces where the, the, the team didn't have the, the, the wherewithal or the imagination to run into these spaces. They were not at that level. Um, so you could tell he was a good player, but um, he went, off, he went off, the, off the boil, so to speak, and the team went off the boil and there was just no, there was no team spirit. By the end of the season, I think there was just nothing left. It was like an empty tank of petrol by the end of this campaign, wasn't it? No, you're right. I'm, you know, so you know the the Russians. Uh, the Russians were coming in January, February. Obviously, <laughs> you had McCarthy out, uh, and then and then Nickel come in. So Nickel come in, and by that stage, as I say, we, we're still a top half team. But if you look, um, the, going back from, you know, November till uh, Nickel's appointment, yeah, eleven games, we'd won one. We drawn three, we'd lost seven. So top of the table team have picked up six points in eleven games. Yeah. So by the time he took over, we was already we, we actually wasn't a ninth place team by that stage. We were clearly, clearly a bottom five bottom. Relegation team. fodder. Yeah. I mean you're you're right about Nicole not I don't mean I think don't think it's fair to for him to shoulder the complete blame. He had, he had enough time to scratch out the points that could have saved us. And, we, you know, it, we, it, it, that would have been possible. And I think it's a failure on him not to be able to get enough out of that team, not to to, to make the the changes to get a team that's prepared to fight, um, leaving aside the the decisions taken by those that, that ran the club. But um, it, this this is a McCarthy disaster. This is a McCarthy and Peter Mead created disaster this, this whole season. Um, with Jimmy Nickel putting his salt and vinegar on top of the chips at the end of the season and, and a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of condiment to uh, to to go go with it. Percent. Um, Nickel would come into his own next season when he bought. Yeah, you really wouldn't see the best of Jimmy Nickel until the season after, would you? <laughs> um, some some terrible results. I mean, look, losing at home to Crystal Palace towards the end of the season, end of March, four one at home. Yeah. That was a tough game to take. A, I remember that game. That was an absolute. That was a shocker. That was. Um, a draw at Tranmere, no losses at, at West Brom. But we, the last win of the season was at home to Birmingham, 2-0, um, 10th of April. And that put that left us still 18th. You know, we, we, you, can, you can still say you can survive from that, that, that position, 18th position. But then we go, I mean, we lose three on the spin. We go to Huddersfield, we go to Oldham, we go to Stoke and get beat, beat, beat. Well, here's, here's <sighs> the thing as well. 
when we went to Oldham, um, so all through the season, our disciplinary record was was shocking. Absolutely yeah. beyond that, we had seventy three yellow cards um, and seven red cards in that season. Yeah, when we lost to Oldham. If you look at the team, the back four when we lost at home to Oldham one 0 not one of the back four was a regular back four player. No, that's Keller. Ke- all were suspended at the same time. Keller, uh, Doyle, Rogan, uh, Connor. I don't even remember Connor. Um, Witter. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's, that's not your regular turnout at all, is it? Um, um, you know, but to lose those three games, whatever the reasoning, um, uh, it was shocking. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a Millwall-made disaster of a season. And it was, on the, by that time, the back four, it, by that stage, because obviously the season, the, 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 play, the squad chop and change so much. But if you, you know, go back and, and, and look a few games above, there was a settled back four of Lavin, Thatcher, Van Blurk and Stevens. Yeah. Um, for that game, you know, Doyle, who... I think he, uh, yeah, I've, I've talked about Doyle previously, right? So he's a right back, Rogan at left back. Whitton obviously I, was falling out of favour and then come back in for that one game. And, you know, whoever Connor is could be dead. James up. Connor, do you remember him? I, I don't remember him at all. I don't remember no, I him. Don't. I, I know the old memory goes. I mean, there are names in the squad that you think, I can't remember these people. I mean, it, it, 34 players were used over the whole campaign. Um, which culminated in in the trip to Ipswich on the last day of the season. We still had survival as a possibility, Ipswich. I think if we'd have if we'd have won there, we would have stayed up. If memory serves, correct, because we wasn't in the bottom three. No, you know, the last game of the season, Portsmouth were below us in twenty um, twenty second place. And um, so yeah, I we mean, so not hit the bottom three all season. You know, no, I mean, we, we so we scratch out a nil nil draw and a win. We we needed a goal. We needed a win. Um, couldn't do it. Um, Portsmouth, I can't remember if they won on the last day. They certainly finished on equal points as we did. And we went down on, on um, goals, 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 uh, goal difference. And that, that would be that. Bottom three, um, third division, here we come. <sighs> I mean, that would also be the start of the decline, really. This, this, this season led us to administration, Dave. I mean, I know it's, you know, it's tough to get any laughs out of this season, other than the fact that the Russians were, you know, their antics running around Deptford on, on, on the slosh. There's no laughs in this season at all, really. It's just one thing on top of the other, leading know, to administration. And, 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 and I honestly believe that, you know, um, obviously you've done a, a podcast. It seemed, you know, it was at the start of um, COVID. It seems like it was a year ago. I think it was only four weeks ago now. Yeah, yeah. When you did this podcast <laughs> on two disaster seasons being um, 05, 06 and then the Holloway one. Yeah. But for me, when you look back, this has, for me, this is the worst season of being a Mill supporter. It beats anything. It beats Anderson. It beats everything for me because... It was a dis- unmitigated disaster on the field, off the field, you know, and, and did it led us to a place that, you know, which was ended up being administration at the end of the day. Um, it's an interesting point because, um, I mean, I, I hadn't thought of us as being Premier League, um, you know, expectations of Premier League football at the start of the season. By the end of it, we we're expecting to be League One and nothing much more than that, you know. Um, it's an interesting way to look at it. And I, I think that this, this was the start of a long-term struggle for the club, which we're still possibly only now 
despite the COVID side of things, only now starting to come away from because we, we were mentally a third division side from this point onwards until think, yeah. even now I think we still we still collectively think well how will we avoid relegation each season it we still we still have this small time um, mindset and, and I, part of me says this you know despite the ham-fisted attempts this wasn't a this was the last time that we we maybe 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 could think of ourselves as aiming for the big time still yeah I I, I in the way I sort of like uh, almost sort of like um put this in my mind in some type of sort of like category is that this was the final season of what I class as the old Millwall. You know, the ground itself was concocted during success in um, the late 80s when we were flying high. The ground had a part to play in this as well because, you know, we was... We, 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 we took the ground on. We had great plans for it. You know, it was going to be a multi-purpose venue. None of that ever transpired. Do you remember when you could order hot dogs and burger at your seat? was one of the things they talked about when they was opening it. Well, the and talk, this, well, yeah, that's right. The talk was McDonald's were going to, and KFC were going to have franchises in the, in, yeah. in the ground. It was going to be a proper ground, like Spurs or Arsenal, you know. And you ended up with shit burger. <laughs> and Do you remember? Half was the first fucking lager, yeah, that you could buy. <laughs> so you had all these things happening. And for me, this was the leading to say, you know, okay, the game's up. We are not that club that we thought we could be, which was some type of yo-yoing club between the Premier League and and, yeah. and the... And this, this was a defining season for me because all them aspirations sort of... They didn't die forever. They were just... We have them aspirations today. Don't get me wrong, but they're they're different aspirations. We was a gr- these were grandiose, almost unrealistic aspirations. I think we had at this particular time, and this season was the end of it for me. I wonder sometimes. You're right. I mean, I think back to the seventies when um, there was the, the famous Asda attempt to redevelop the grounds at Colblow Lane. And this was also built on the same idea that we would be this kind of um, first division outfit built on this new idea of supermarkets and clubs coming together. Uh, the, the early 90s with the development of a new den, um, the multi-purpose use, again, aiming high. I wonder sometimes whether the, the, the regeneration of the South Bermondsey area, which seems, God knows when that might happen in the current economic climate, um, whether that's coming from the, you know, you, I think maybe it's put the fear that the the fear of the grand scheme at Millwall because we seem to fall sucker for it every so often, don't we? I wonder whether that's coming from this direction too. That it's going to be the, uh, the the death of us at some point in the future. <laughs> I, I, I I totally agree. I mean, some of there's there's a, obviously when you look at the web, there's some there is some content if you search far enough, and some of it's pretty decent. There was there's one website on there which is called. Um, the 90s football party. Right. Um, and the, the, its summary of Millwall in this season is um, it is perfect. I mean, it, it says, if anything, it was the early season success that ultimately punctured them. The club <laughs> appeared awash with the attitude, bar their long-suffering supporters, the only ones who seemed to see this coming, that they were an uncrowned Premier League side. The players <laughs> believed their own hype, Meads bought into it, and none of them saw the iceberg until it was too late. Nickel was out of his depth, and probably the wrong appointment 
but the stain of malaise had seeped into the fabric well before his arrival. And then it, it goes on and it's a, it's quite a good piece actually that actually is unfortunately pretty true. We're back on the, the back on the the Titanic and the iceberg metaphors again, aren't we? Um, and we would sink in the course of nineteen ninety six ninety seven when Nickel would take over and do his worst, finishing in administration later on. But those are maybe a shows for another day. Um, I, think so. I mean, just also just on that piece, and if any of the listeners think we're uh, uh, being quite overdoing it. Towards, uh, <laughs> <laughs> McCarthy again on on this website it says a lot of the blame has to reside with McCarthy finally given some money to spend he proceeded to bring a succession of players who continue to feature in the worst Lions 11 polls to this day Fuchs Rogan Bowery Newman yeah. moreover Meade misjudged the prevailing mood there was no great appetite among the support to fight to keep the manager while he'd done very well upon inheriting a strong side from Rioch in the early 90s, the more the team became his own, the blunter and blander it got. There you go. There's a good summary. Of that's, that's, that sums up Mick McCarthy for me too there, Dave. That's um, one of the, not, not so many laughs in this week's show, dear listeners, unfortunately, but it's, it's, it was tough to wring many laughs out of this season at the time, I can tell you that much. Only the Russians really supplied any comic input, and even they were, the joke was on us, so I'm not sure there's much of a laugh in that, really, ultimately. Um, wonderful stuff, Dave Collins. Really appreciate your input on this, this disaster season. Um, I feel that we're going to have to touch the Jimmy Nichols season another day, but um, we'll sort that out separately, mate. Really well, appreciate it. We'll have to do a happy one before then. Happy one. <laughs> <laughs> Trump, there's not much happiness down at then. We'll find, we'll find a happy subject to do another day. Um, big thank you, Dave Collins. Thank you for your time, mate. Much appreciated to you. Pleasure. Achtung Millwall and the Real Millwall Fan Show are the number one Millwall podcast, and we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Millwall. We've got email, achtongmillwall at gmail.com. All one word, achtongmillwall at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232. That's 0208 144 0232. Leave us a voicemail. No human will be involved in the receipt of your message. So give us a shout, tell us what you think about all things Millwall, and the best messages will be read out on air. He would say nothing until literally the 80th minute, and then he would stand up and rant himself to exhaustion at McCarthy for the final 10 minutes. I'll tell you one thing we didn't mention, but it wasn't in this season, but I'm sure it was under McCarthy. Do you remember when that, I don't know if he was at the game, I'm sure it was Paul Bauer at home, I could be wrong, but a one guy did a pitch invasion and went and sat in the... Oh, middle. it was Andy May's dad. Or he came, I don't know if he, it wasn't Andy May's dad, but he became known for some reason as Andy May's dad, didn't he? I'm not sure what season that was, but that summed up... It was round about that time. But no, that era. McCarthy, McCarthy for me always, uh, you know, he, he, he created great hostility at the time. I, I just didn't like him. I didn't like his style of play. He, he seemed to me to be living off of Bruce Rioch's talent, and Rioch's an easy man to, um, you know, other, other, when we've done some of the players' interviews, they, they've been um, talking about his sergeant major style, his, his, his abrupt military approach. 
but he did have an eye for a, for a team. He created a team that played football and some of the best football I've ever seen, possibly yourself, uh, down, down at Coldblow Lane. But McCarthy took that team over and that style and, and somehow everyone thought that was Mick McCarthy's style. It wasn't. He was, he was using somebody else's creation and maybe they didn't have the, um, the, 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 the emotional intelligence to, to make it happen. But for McCarthy to come in and take it that over and then to take the credit, it always, it always seemed fraudulent to me. There was a sense of fakery about it, you know. Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I, I, after, I have thought that, I mean, obviously, no one will ever, for me, Doherty and George Graham will always be the best, the best two managers in, for, for me. Um, I thought George Graham, actually, if someone, if you had to put my life on it, I'd say George Graham was probably yeah. the best manager. But obviously, Doherty done things that no one's done. But that second season, you know, we got found out. I think the clubs realised we was one-dimensional by that stage. We'd move the ball up, we'd play from the front, bring the wingers in. Yeah. And that was our that was our style, really. And for me, Rio, of course, the first man, you know, I was probably just too young to appreciate, if it wasn't worth appreciating, Gordon Jago, right? I was just a kid. Yeah. Didn't, Remember it, but couldn't appreciate it. But for me, Rioc was the first manager that they changed the. They actually changed the style of play. You know, and they weren't that successful Armalee. But you look at the players he brought in Armstrong. Another one, no one ever talks about. And I saw him the other day on a uh, on the web, and I thought, my God, he was actually not bad. You know, Ian Bogey, another player. Just yeah, he was a good player. player. Yeah, a good little player, Bogey was. Um, you know, and then McCarthy, yeah, he just brought his players in. And, no, you know, there were nothing players. I mean, all, all of the Rioch signings, I mean, again, on the same um, note, Bogey. Also, John McLashan, who was a good, good, industrious little forward, yeah. you know, who went to Bolton and scored goals. And, you know, he was never going to win, mm. you know, win, win the big prizes, but he was um, a, a very, very good League Two striker. And the other players, I, I remember... Um, you know, you've, you've, the likes of, of Colin Cooper came in, and, and um, yeah, Colin you know, um, McGlashan, I remember him being a decent midfielder, and players of that kind, Paul Kerr, um, I remember him being again industrious. They they they, they didn't stop mm. running, and didn't stop playing. Total contrast to the season that we've just just discussed, because this is where you see players giving up, and and no no Bruce Rioch team really gave up in that way. Um, I can see how he would have been a difficult man to work for with his requirement that you had, you couldn't wear jeans and had to put a collar and tie on to come to work and all that kind of idea. But, but in fairness, that's no different to most people when they go to work no. anyway. You know, I mean, I think, it's a sad ending as well for Alex Ray, obviously, you know, who's for me one of the best players ever, you know, that he went now. And people, I do remember a lot of people blamed him because he got sent off, I think, in our last home game and he missed it, switch away. Yeah, I think he wasn't available it was for that. It was a needless sending off. I can actually remember it was like some lashing out of someone in the last minute of the game or something. And people were criticising Ray. And I just thought if there's one person who was beyond, almost beyond criticism, it was Alex Ray. Because what he'd done for that club under, you know, for, for them years, he was, you know, unbelievably good at scoring goals. But 16 goals for the season. I genuinely meant that, by the way, about McCarthy. I, 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 um, I knew that. I had this feeling, McCarthy Sunderland, we was always going to win that. And that is, you know, I, I, well, I sent you that story. I yeah. threw back from a fucking holiday because I was that confident. 
Mystic, Mystic Collins, Mystic Collins. That's great stuff, Dave. When you look back, though, you, you watched that obviously, didn't you? Recently, over yeah, yeah, four. yeah. Sunderland was so like old Millwall, one dimensional, one dimensional, and they kept going, they kept going, but you knew what you were going to get. So if you could cater to that and handle it, then yeah. you, you, you're on the on the on the on the winning side of it, you know. And he took their best player off. After he did fifty five minutes. McAteer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, no, no, the big, they took off a big young, oh. big striker, didn't they? Like, start the McAteer came half. off towards the end, didn't he? They took, took him, him off. Oh, took him off, was, didn't they? Yeah. Well, did yeah, he send, no. was, he, was he sent off? I can't remember. Anyway. No, McAteer was sent off, weren't he? Sent off, sent off, sorry. McAteer yeah. was sent off. Yeah, he took off player off early on. I can't think of the bloke's name now. Um, but anyway, yeah, mis, misjudgment on, on, on uh, McCarthy's part. Yeah, but uh, anyway. All right, I mate. That. I feel a bit better now. I've got a lot off my chest now. <laughs> Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.